You're listening to You Play A What, a podcast by a musician for musicians. My name is Vincent and I play the euphonium. Join me as I sit down with successful musicians to talk about their specialization, inspirations, and career developments. Before we start today's episode, I have a message from the New Talent British International Youth Music Competition. The fourth New Talent British International Youth Music Competition is hosted by London-based Amy Rian Academy. The competition is going to take place virtually this year and they are calling for participants from all around the world. The competition is open to performers of strings, piano, woodwind and brass and that means euphonium applicants will also be accepted. Each participant will receive valuable feedback from the jury panel made up of esteemed faculty members of the Royal Academy of Music and the Harold School. On top of that, there are various prizes up for grabs with a total prize fund of £2,100, one-to-one masterclass with jury panel, and invitations to perform at the Royal Academy of Music. So if you play an instrument for between the age of 4 to 30, looking for new challenges and motivations for yourself or your students, head over to ayacademy.net to register and for more information. Link will be provided in the show notes. And now, back to the show. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to episode 58 of You Play A What. I hope all of you are well. I believe most of us are back to work after a long weekend, and I hope most of you have had a good rest, whether you need it or not. It's quite incredible that we are already in the last third of the year once again. And before you know it, we might already be in 2022. And hopefully, things are looking a little bit better in the new year. So this week, I'm speaking to Lao Wenrong. He's a trumpet player of the Singapore Symphony Orchestra. And he is an active teacher, inspiring students from various age groups. I've had the privilege to know him a little bit better over the last three years. And his ability to deliver in high-pressure situations never ceases to amaze me. So in this episode, we spoke about our Chongqing stories, why he was a vegetarian for such a long time, his musical career and developments, the impact of the Singapore National Youth Orchestra and the former Singapore National Youth Training Orchestra had on him coping with self-imposed pressure, perfection versus excellence, audition preparation tips, his time in the Juilliard School, and some of his methods to staying in the present during performances, and much more. But enough from me now. Please enjoy this episode of You Play A What? with Wenrong.
My guest today is Lau Wenrong. Wenrong is a prize winner for numerous competitions and in my mind, if it counts for anything, a generational talent and a professional role model for his peers, including myself and younger musicians. Upon his return from New York, where he spent two years at the Juilliard School, he won the position in the trumpet section in the Singapore Symphony Orchestra and has been working actively, putting his playing on display and imparting his knowledge to the younger generation. Welcome to the show, Wenrong. How are you doing today? Hi, Vincent. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for welcoming me into this podcast. I've been listening to the rest of the podcast and really like think like, when will my turn be coming? <laughs> yeah. so, so it's finally here. And th- uh, thank you very That's much. Right, yeah. uh, uh, thank you very much for showing support to the podcast. I, I appreciate that uh, very much. Yeah, thank and you for doing such a great job with all these podcasts. It's really helpful to all of us. Thank you. Thank you. Very kind words. Yeah. Very kind words. So uh, my absolute privilege to be talking to you today. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting, really fun. And I uh, can't wait to explore all these different talking points and topics. And um, I've known you for a relatively long time. And yeah. I, I remember first being in the same rehearsal with you in a few harmonic winds rehearsal. And then over the years, playing with you a little bit more regularly. But it's not until like the last couple of years that we actually started sitting down together, speaking to each other and got to know each other a little bit more. Yeah, especially before teaching, yeah. <laughs> while waiting for like waiting for students to come. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but of course, prior to uh, having this chance to speak to you and know more about you, I've heard some pretty insane stories, uh, such <laughs> as your Ravel Piano Concerto Trumpet Accept repetition during your NS days. Actually, it's not Ravel, it's Petrushka. Ah, Petrushka. There you go, right? <laughs> yeah, so obviously I need to fact-check myself a little bit better. Uh, things like, you know, maybe Max Brenner is essentially just a thicker version of Milo. And of course, we can go into like all these <laughs> yeah. different topics, right? But before we get into the music-related topics, okay, yeah. let's explore this thing, right? Which is, we sort of came from the same, same ish secondary school <laughs> yeah I, I, yeah. I, yeah sort of the same family but of course uh, you were studying in uh, Chongqing High School Maine which is on Goodman Road still there today big campus beautiful campus of course uh, quite a difficult school to get into uh, I on the other hand studied in Chongqing Yishun uh, which used to be called Chongqing Brunch and then they kind of renamed relocated themselves from Gilamat which is in the east all the way to the north yeah. To the north, yeah. Yeah, which is also just behind the, the 618 Karakik store, right? Which I you also have a lake, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, we can't say that we have a lake in front of you guys because it is like, you know, maybe one-eighth the size of what you guys have. Mm. Yeah, so for us, uh, I, I, I settled for a pond, right? <laughs> yeah. Rather than, but, than a lake. But we have the same school song. We have same same uniform. Yeah. Right? I think everything is like, today I'm proud of Chongqing, tomorrow Chongqing will be proud of me. Of course. All the school mottos yeah, will yeah. be the same. Of course. But do you know the interesting stuff of how I got into Chongqing? Right. So I, actually, I, I, my PSLE score wasn't that good. Okay. Okay. So I appealed through a, through a few schools. Okay. And Chongqing was my top choice. Right. So I went to call my senior who was uh, in the band that time. His name is Lukit. Right. Of course. Yeah. One yeah. of the greatest trumpet players in Singapore. Mm. Oh in our generation. Yeah. Yeah. So he spoke to the teacher in charge and mm. they gave me an interview with the principal. Oh, okay. So that was that was one day before the start of school. So I was the last student who I was the last student who was like 
accepted in that cohort. I see. Okay, okay. Yeah. Right. So actually, actually, the principal tried to scare me, say, oh, if you don't do well, you need to retain other stuff. So I told my father, maybe not, maybe I shouldn't come to this school. <laughs> I, don't want to re- I don't want to retain other stuff. But my father said, just come, just do right. your best. But mm. end up, I wasn't the bottom 20. I was uh, one of the top 20%. Right. So there that was the story of how I got into Chongqing High School Main. And luckily, the conductor that time was uh, Mr. David Wong. Right. He's a very prominent uh, brass educator, uh, bass trombonist. He mm. was a bass trombonist of the Singapore Symphony Orchestra last time. Mm. So he was a very, very good educator. A lot of fundamentals. He helped me a lot in my mm. playing. Right. Yeah. So I have to thank him for all that he has done for me. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And that, now Who that's was your conductor then? Uh, my conductor was uh, Mr. To Yang Yang. Mm. Right. Yeah. When I was studying. So you mentioned uniform, right? So, what are your thoughts about those metal buttons? Oh, those metal <laughs> buttons are horrible. Yeah, like like when you carry your bags, right? It's, it very it's so painful, and sometimes yeah. people will just like some soccer ball will hit you or something. Yeah, and yeah. It, Ouch! It's like added pressure. Yeah, <laughs> and and as though we don't dread the the Monday mornings enough. Sunday, mm. I don't know about you, but for me, Sunday evening you have to like put the button in and then put the keychain in and then make sure that yeah. all seven buttons are in your uh, breast pockets, on the shoulder pads and on the top three buttons. Lucky yeah. I have a helper who helped me. La. <laughs> there you go. There yeah, you go. I, was, I was kind of spoiled when I was young. I have a helper for the, about 20 years. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a different helpers, but uh, right. my first 20 years of my life, I have helpers. Mm. But now I'm staying alone. I understand all the difficulties of living alone, uh, all the independence that you need to do, washing of dishes, which I hate a lot. <laughs> of course. How <laughs> we wish you can just eat, right? And then the next yeah. day, some, some tooth fairy or, or whatever fairy will just come and fix everything yeah, for us. But I love, I love vacuuming. Okay, okay. Vacuuming. I love to vacuum the whole house for some reason. Right. Like, like collect all the dust. Like, I love to do that. Right. <laughs> Don't know why. Yeah. Maybe my OCD. Yeah, maybe it feels, <laughs> yeah, feels extra clean after that, perhaps. Yeah. Let me sh- just share with you, like, the first time I went to Chongqing Min. And that was, mm. I think it, I was uh, secondary one. And mm. every year we have this school anniversary, right? The, the Xiaoqing. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, the Xiaoqing, oh, right? The Xiaoqing, so, yeah, yeah, we have the school yeah. anniversary. So, I think it was my, my first uh, first year in Chongqing. And then at that point of time, the only campus, because the Yishun one wasn't built yet. So the only campus was actually in the, the Goodman Road, which is Chongqing Main, mm. right? So be- because of that, I went there and then I was shocked, right? By the size of the school and how much like the moment you get in there, it just has this feel of like, some would say Chinese temple. Some would say like, <laughs> yeah, traditional, maybe, you know, imperialistic China. But the size of the school is amazing. And it's it's so big. The lake that you guys have, that is a lake, I think. A lot of memories with the lakes. <laughs> the lake. Right. Like, <laughs> like, because the lake is just beside the, the soccer field. Mm. So every time we play soccer, sometimes the, the soccer ball will fall into the lake. Then sometimes my friend will just jump into the lake and, car- and carry the ball back. Right, yeah. <laughs> And of, of course, I I, be, I believe a lot of pranks also happen, right? Yeah, a lot so, of pranks yeah, Deep into there, the yeah. water a little bit. But yeah. so I, I thought this was just uh, some interesting facts mm-hmm. to, to share with the listeners. Have you been to the brunch school before? Have you seen it before? Uh, I've seen it on photo, photos, but I haven't been to the, to okay. the school before. So, I would like to go there one day, maybe right. to help out. Yeah, yeah but uh, I think the the Yishun campus, of course, obvi- obviously, we have all kind of evacuated there and shifted to, to Yishun. But... Also in my first year, 
when there were still some more senior students in the brunch campus. Yep. I, I was there for some, I think it was Mid-Autumn Festival celebration. Mm. So we had a band in the new campus or the mm. holding campus at that point. So we went there for a performance. And also, it was another kind of shock for me when I reached the, uh, <laughs> reached the campus. So I want to paint a, a mental image for, for everyone. Okay? Imagine one L shape. Okay? In between this L shape is two basketball courts. And then beside these two basketball courts are maybe like two small container classroom. And that's it. Mm. That, there's literally nothing behind the school, right? Nothing for you to imagine. And it's, it's really old and, and it's really small. So uh, when, when I reached there, I was just like, wow, this is like really different. Like my primary school was bigger. Very different, yeah. Yeah. My primary school was bigger than Chongqing Brunch. Yeah. So definitely it was an interesting experience. And I, I heard that my seniors had to go to a CC for their band rehearsals because there yeah. weren't enough space. Weipen yeah, was from Chongqing Yishun also, right? Absolutely. Yang Hong also from Chongqing Yishun, right? Yes, yeah. So Weipen was was in the in the brunch the side, brunch. so he's a little yeah. bit older than us. Xiang uh, Hong was the the first batch of students in Chongqing Yishun, and I was uh, I was the second. Okay. Yeah. So, so maybe after we go for carrot cake, we can go to <laughs> the six point eight <laughs> carrot cake. Maybe after that, we can go to the Chongqing Yishun, uh. Yeah, Hopefully yeah. that will not stop us. Like. <laughs> we're yeah, bring bring our triangular school batch, uh. Maybe we can work. Uh, I can't yeah. I can't fit I, I can't fit my uniform anymore. Yeah. No worries. School batch will do. School batch will do. Yeah. yeah. I need to find my school batch. Yeah. I think it's still at home. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And of course you still the school song? Uh, yes. Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah, but but we will not uh yeah. will share not share with everybody. Our our strong feelings towards yes, our secondary our school. school. <laughs> yeah. We have a very, very strong alumni. Yeah, definitely. Especially, definitely. Uh, especially in not not in at anywhere also we have very strong Chongqing alumni. Mm. Like in the Chinese community or in the band scene. There's there's a few couple of strong alumni also in the band scene. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Definitely. A big part of your life, even towards the the earlier days of me interacting with you, I know that you have adopted a vegetarian diet. Uh, mm. Of course, uh, things you have made some sort of changes yeah. to that uh, over time. So uh, let's just start from how long were you a vegetarian and how did you, or why did you choose to become a vegetarian in the first place? I was a vegetarian for about 15 years. So uh, when I was 12 years old until 27 years old. Mm. Yeah. So initially, right, uh, it was my brother who was who became vegetarian before us. So he saw a video, a DVD recording about like animal cruelty, like the slaughterhouse of those, which my parents brought back from some temple or something in the okay, past. Okay, right. Yeah. yeah. So my brother became vegetarian first. Then he, he tried to convince all of us. So one day, my, our family have a meeting. Mm. So we discussed whether you want to be vegetarian. So all of us, okay, agree, we become vegetarian. So right. that, that was the... That was the beginning of us becoming vegetarian, but it was not very easy in the beginning because having eaten meat for about 12 years, like, mm. you, you know, you like your Wagyu beef, you like <laughs> all, all those like lobster, yeah. all those stuff. Exactly. So the transition was kind of like, it takes some time to become vegetarian. It doesn't like happen like straight away, but uh, we try to cut down our meat slowly and slowly, like day by day. Mm. And that's, that's how I become vegetarian. But actually, I'm not a very pure vegetarian to begin with. I still sometimes like order chicken rice without chicken. Okay, right. Other stuff. Like, yeah. Which, which I really love the rice, but yeah. <laughs> the rice has some chicken broth in it, but yeah. I don't care. Okay. 
Yeah. So I'm not a very strict vegetarian. So yeah. uh, no meat in and, no, and meat, no fish, but, but not vegan. Yeah, not not vegan. My brother yeah. is a bit a bit vegan. Okay. He's still a vegetarian and sort of vegan. Right. Yeah, so- but. My sister, my whole family and I, uh, we have like slowly switched back. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how I become, how, how I changed my diet again. Okay. So one day I was having a meal with uh, my friend, Kenneth and my girlfriend mm. and uh, his wife, Chiu So we were at uh, Sake Sushi. Not Sake Sushi, Sushi Te. We were right. at Sushi Te. Okay. So Kenneth ordered Wagyu beef. So I saw the beef came and it was like, wow, so delicious. looks very delicious. Eh? So I asked him, can I, can I try that Wagyu beef or not? Right. Then I took out. Then I said, I better not. Like, I'm vegetarian. Uh, then I, I put it back. Then mm. I take again. Okay, la, try it. Try, so mm. one mouth. I say, wow, I've been missing this. Right. Yeah. And that yeah. changed your life. Yeah. But, but now I'm still trying to like have a balance between uh, meat and vegetable. I try not to eat too much meat also. Mm. Because I, I still feel for the animal. But... Sometimes I just can't control myself. So there is <laughs> right. some discipline aspects that which I need to work with. Right, yeah. right. Okay. Mm. You already mentioned some of the challenges that you guys face because obviously it's, it's a very steep sort of change to go from uh, a regular diet which includes fish, seafood and meat to mm. something that is vegetarian. So mm. uh, what are some of the challenges that you faced earlier on? And looking back, do you feel like there were any sort of benefits where, that, you, that you got out of the diet? Mm, I was skinnier. <laughs> I was skinnier. I was more active last time. Like I just feel healthier and uh and I sleep well, other stuff. Mm. As compared to now, now I feel a bit fat, lethargic, more sleepy every day. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but sometimes I, some but I, I kind of like my weight right now. So mm. when I play, at least my sound get travel further. Right. And there you my go. My sound is bigger. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I just just get a bit lethargic because I don't exercise. I haven't been exercise for one exercising for one year. Mm. Yeah, okay. so I, I think I need to start. Like this morning, I went out with my friend for cycling. Mm. Last time I can I can like like endure from Bedok East Coast Park, the Bedok side, yeah. all the way to MBS and come back. Mm. But today I can't. I I just started from uh Bedok East Coast Park, then go all the way until Fort Road. I cannot already. I told them, sorry, I, <laughs> I need to come back. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, having difficulties with breathing, uh, breathing mm. and headache, other stuff. Right. So I think it's time for me to exercise. There you go. I mean, uh, I'm equally as guilty for not exercising. I'm incredibly unmotivated when it comes to Two months of not exercising, exercising really makes a big difference. Eh? I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. And, for, and for me, it's been a, a really long time as well. So, yeah. I'm used to nine minutes for 2.4 eh? Okay, right. When I was in... Uh, when you were light, yeah, light as a feather, right? Back then. Yeah. yeah. Nine minutes. Now I'm 20-something minutes. Like. <laughs> there you go. Right. <laughs> so, yay! It's, it's never too late to make these changes, right? So, yeah, yeah you, you're not you're not that old. So, plenty of time ahead of you to make yeah, the changes. And you start exercising. What, what are some of the myths that surrounds a vegetarian diet? Uh, means that you're weaker. Right. Than, than the, the non-meat eater. Mm. But humans are... Omnivore, yeah. not carnivore. Mm. Actually, there's a lot of studies says that humans are herbivore, but I not I will not go into that. Right. So basically, right, different type of diets you can go and try with it and see what suits you better. Yeah. Everyone is different. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Is it true, like for example, oh, you are a vegetarian, therefore you just chew on 
salad leaves <laughs> and your food yeah. are very bland or not flavorful. Uh, yeah. is, is that true in, in your experience? No, not true at all. There are many like delicious vegetarian food, like Thai Er. Oh, love- yes. Uh, that one is yeah. the best, man. Thai yeah. uh, but it's very oily also. It's not, not good for health. <laughs> yeah. so, but I, I really love all those like the vegetarian breakfast bihun. Mm. All those are really, very very nice. And there are so many wonderful vegetarian restaurants out there like Herbivore, just opposite Nafa at Fortune Center. Yes. It's the first floor. Mm. Uh, they, they sell Japanese restaurant, Japanese uh, cuisine. Yeah. That one is really, really, very good. And Fortune Center, there are so many good <laughs> vegetarian <laughs> restaurants, right? Yeah, restaurants. absolutely. Especially on the second floor, there's called a pine pine tree or something. Mm. I can't remember. I, I always go that 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 area to eat last time. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, I think Nafa days. Nafa days, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But you know, I've never been to any of these vegetarian, vegetarian. restaurants. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I should try a coffee one day, like. Come on, anytime, anytime. I he just tried yours. Wow, he loved it, man. Yeah, so a- anytime, you know, please, mm. you're more than welcome to, to hop over and okay, have, have a coffee. Yeah. Cool. And now let, let's talk a little bit about music now. Okay. okay. Let's go well, from... Serious subject. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> we're, we're going to that now. So bring us back to when you're first acquainted with music, how it then took off, how it developed over time, and how did it land you into the position you're in at the moment. Okay. So when we were young, okay, I have an elder brother, elder sister, and me, okay? My parents sent us to Yamaha Music School mm. to, to, to learn uh, uh, to learn appreciation of music, the JMC or whatever, all those like keyboard for young kids, all those stuff. So that's where we first like uh, exposed to classical music, mm. okay? But I really hated the class. <laughs> so okay. I never really listened to anything that the teachers say. My grandfather, usually we have a parents to uh, to accompany us. So my grandfather will usually accompany us. So instead of me learning, my grandfather learned. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I end up my grandfather learned and I didn't learn. So mm. I still remember uh, my dad recently just told me uh, that one of the class, right? I was so naughty, right? And I run here, run there. And the teacher called my parents in. And my teacher said, please send this, this boy home. He is not listening. He will never become a musician. He's not good enough, all those stuff. So right. uh, that's that's that was quite shocking to me. Mm. Uh, but my, my parents just say, okay, just let him carry on. So they, they didn't redraw me or whatever. So they say this is good for the children's brain or education in the mm. future. Yeah. So they just carry on with that. So my brother and my sister excel the most in music. So okay. classical music per se. Yeah. So my in primary school, my brother and sister, they all learned the violin. Mm. So my brother is a very into classical music one. So at home, always we have 92.4 FM on, on the radio. But for me as a young boy, right, what I want to be, I want to be like Backstreet Boys, Insane, mm. A1. I just want to be those cool guys in, yeah. in the school that where all the girls were like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. That was what I wanted to be. Yeah. So I really hated classical music so okay. much. Right. Okay. So when I was young, right, when when I was primary one, I formed a boy band actually in school. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So we, we will sing along with all the Backstreet Boys, like uh, Shape of My, my Heart. My heart yeah. Those, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. That was the era of Backstreet Boys. Yeah, and that, 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 was, that was the peak of boy bands in general. Yeah, boy right? bands. Yeah. And Westlife. Exactly. Right. Wow. So, okay. So... Long story short. 
So I wasn't interested in classical music at all. I hated classical music. Mm. Okay. My parents wanted me to learn the violin. Okay. But I see I look at the violin. I had one <laughs> 15 minutes lesson from my elder brother. Okay. And I, I, I give up. Okay. Right. So no violin, no piano for me. Right. So one day, my parents, uh all of us, we have a family outing. We went to watch Star Wars. Mm. That was when they remake remake the Star Wars, 1987, and Jurassic Park. Mm. And Power Ranger, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Star Wars and Jurassic Park, they have a very prominent like uh, trumpet, trumpet melody. Dum, bum, ba, 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 bum, yeah. Wow. I listen to those two stuff, right? Immediately, oh, I told my dad, hey, daddy, what are those instruments? Mm. And he said, trumpet. And I say, wow, I want to learn trumpet. Eh. Like so cool. So like, like so cool like that. Right. Then, luckily, a few weeks after that, uh, one of my best friends in primary, primary one, he said, hey, let's join band. Ah. Mm. Uh, he, he, he said that a lot of pretty girls are in the right. band. Yeah. <laughs> he's, my, he's my good friend. So he right. joined band. Yeah. So, so I said, okay, lah, join band. Lah. I, I didn't know band got what. So the, the night before the first rehearsal, mm. okay, I thought band is like recorder or whatever. So I took out my recorder and practiced a bit. Oh, <laughs> there you go. The first day, yeah, the first day of the band practice, right? They are going to test us a bit. Lah, see which instrument they are going to give us. Mm. So, so I thought it's recorder. So I go and take out my recorder, practice, practice, practice a bit. Then the next day, uh, we had band session. So they around the, they, they form a circle. Okay, those, they, they, they allocate the instruments according to the size, your body size. Okay. So, yeah, so if you have a small build, they give you a cornet, which is a smaller trumpet, mm. uh, sort of a smaller trumpet. Yeah. Then if you have longer hands, they give you trombone. You know, when I talk to you about the my senior, I look it. Mm. Yeah, he was also in that band. Okay. The primary school. Yeah. Yeah. So I was given a cornet, which is a surprisingly a trumpet. La. So mm. I, I got the the my dream come true. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it was so chill because my friend wanted to join band. And our Chinese teacher was the uh, band teachers in charge. Mm. So she tried to recruit all of us into the band also. Okay. So right. We got into the band. So I learned the trump I learned the corner. Then lucky thing is, lucky or not lucky, is <laughs> we always get COP or bronze. Okay. Right. In our band. So when we were primary six, they changed the principal. Mm-hmm. So the principal decided to shut down the band. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But all of us get to audition for the Singapore National Youth Orchestra. Right. Okay. So because the mu- uh, the band program is coming to an end, therefore yes. they offer every all the band students uh, uh, out in a way that you yes, can to audition transfer. audition for the Singapore Youth Orchestra. There you so go. So many of us got in. Mm. Okay. Many of us got in. Although our band is bronze or COP, but we have many good individual players. Okay. Understand. So I got into the Youth Orchestra and they told me to change to trumpet and... That's where everything started. I have a trumpet tutor. I became more and more active in practicing, becoming better, spending all the sweat, blood, and tears in the practice room. And right. sometimes trumpet. Sometimes when I practice, I'm damn frustrated, right? I would take my trumpet and hit the wall. Okay, that was, right. That was when I was young. I I I I don't have much control over my anger then. Right, I see. And which we can talk about later the counting of the wrong notes or those sure, stuff. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so that's how it started. Mm. Yeah. And I, oh, I still got one more thing I forgot. Yeah. So my brother was very into classical music. So he brought me to 
watched a, a Singapore Symphony Orchestra concert. Mm. So it, that was nineteen ninety seven, around the end of nineteen ninety seven. They were playing Benjamin's Britain Young Person Guide to the Orchestra. Mm. Okay, I remember that? I think Lim Yao was conducting. Right. So when the trumpet started playing, all the other section, right? When they introduced the trumpet, I was like, wow, I want to be like them one day. Mm. So that was the starting of me dreaming. Right. Me a part of the Singapore Symphony Orchestra. Yeah. And first, so people interview me and, and ask me the journey. It's always this journey. It's the same stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing different to it for mm. me. Yeah. yeah. And fast forward a couple of years, of course, now you're there. So I, I think fair to say many people are, are very happy that yeah, you're you. You are, you are in the orchestra and me 24 yeah. years yeah uh, but you know uh, it's still quite a quite a remarkable achievement I must say and it, it almost sounds like your your love came from the the instrument and the sounds of the instrument first and then yes. it developed further music yeah. yeah actually it wasn't classical music to start with it was mm. like Star Wars so it's a soundtrack yeah world. Mm. yeah it started then it slowly diverted into like uh like Jupiter's host, Mars, all those stuff. Yeah. A lot of heavy brass stuff. And mm. Young Person Guide when they feature the trumpet. So basically, it's the trumpet first, the sound of the trumpet, then mm. to soundtrack, then to classical music. Right. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I listen to Mozart, I will, I will still... <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I think we uh, we all do. We all do, unless we are, you know, <laughs> uh, pe- uh, people of uh, exquisite taste, right? Taste, yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, so music for classical music is a uh, acquired taste to me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's an acquired taste. Yeah, and, and let's talk a little bit more about your time at the Singapore National Youth Orchestra. Yep. So I understand that at that point of time, uh, when you first joined you were probably, were you promoted up to the main orchestra straight away or were you doing brass ensembles? And can you talk about how this early exposure, and I consider at that point in uh, time when you're like 12 or 11, yeah. uh, to be a very young age to be exposed to brass ensembles, to be exposed to orchestral playing. So yeah. what are some of your, your fond memories of participating in this particular program? that is uh, the SNYO or the SNYTO, the training orchestra. And how do you think that has impacted your development over the years? First of all, I would like to thank SNYO for creating such an amazing program, like even up to now, where a lot of great musicians are being trained by the Singapore National Youth Orchestra. Mm. So when I was there, I was primary six, so I was 12 years old. So I didn't straight away go to the main orchestra. I was at the Singapore National Youth Training Orchestra. Last time mm. they call it Training Orchestra. Now they call it Youth Symphonia. Yeah. So I was in the brass ensemble where Mr. Han, mm. Mr. Han was the principal horn of the Singapore Symphony Orchestra last yeah. time. Yeah, former, so right? Recently was, just uh, left. Yeah. Like recently just retired. Mm. So he was the uh, our coach. So brass ensemble. So mm. I first remember, I, I still f- remember the first rehearsal I had in the brass ensemble and the first piece. We were playing Aida. Triumphant March. Okay. Bass ensemble. Yeah. So I was given fourth trumpet. Mm. That time I couldn't count. I couldn't. I couldn't count at all. I don't know what I was doing. So I was shaking all the way. Mm. I was shaking. But I remember the tune of this. This. But the fourth trumpet, I just 
<laughs> don't know how it sounds like because in yeah. primary school I, I always have this good friend who he who who learned theory and he he knows all his rhythm so he he will sing to me and I just play okay yeah. right so the first first session I had with the youth the training orchestra was as I don't know how to count so Mister Han pointed at me can you play your part then I, I told him in Chinese lah uh because uh my English wasn't that good also mm. so I told him uh. 老师我不会算这个嘞,我我我可以吹first trumpet,我知道first trumpet怎样怎样怎样,嗯,我喜欢你大胆,来,吹first trumpet, then I nail the first trumpet part, then he okay. was like, wow, then after a few years later, every time rehearsal, he will say, hmm, I like this boy, this boy very tatan. Mm. <laughs> so that right. was the first, first rehearsal with, so, okay, every time, right, when I, like promoter or whatever, like the training orchestra, mm. the main orchestra, then SSO. I always have a first story, right? Okay. The first rehearsal is always very interesting. Can right. you hear my first story with the Singapore Symphony? Sure. Very, okay. So I was called in the morning because someone was sick. So 8 a.m., 8 a.m. Mm. in the morning. I didn't sleep. I was partying all night because my senior recital just finished. Okay. So I, and I don't have my trumpet with me at home. So my trumpet was in YST. Right. So they called me at 8 o'clock. So the nine thirty is the rehearsal. So I need mm. to be there. So I faster freak out. So I faster rush to YST, get my trumpet, and go to the to the rehearsal venue. My leg was shaking, shaking, shaking. Then I was opening my case. I opened my case. And I said, "Oh shit! Where's my mouthpiece?" Oh no! Ah, I don't have my mouthpiece with me. Okay. So I was shaking, shaking. I look around. Uh, David, do you have a spare mouthpiece? Because that concert was all John Williams stuff. Mm, okay. like, it's, it's big like trumpet Star parts all the big trumpet stuff and I have to that day is the concert day okay so, so it's I, emergency I, emergency right yeah I only have a dress rehearsal that night is a concert and dress rehearsal usually they sometimes they don't run through every pieces because it will tire all the brass players mm. so they didn't run through every pieces so I <laughs> my rehearsal is the concert right okay was the concert. so yeah. that was the first I, every 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 group <laughs> I went, there's always a first day one. Okay, okay. It's not That's... it's not perfect, but right. it's very memorable. Mm. Yeah, a, a, yeah. a special first story, right? That yeah, is like deeply embedded story. into your memory. Yeah. yeah. SMYO also got a first story, but not mm. as interesting as SSO one. Like. Right, right. Talking about like going to rehearsals <laughs> at, at the SSO, then you are now sitting in orchestra with so many of these mentors in your life, right? You talk about Mr. Yeah. Han at that point of time still being in the orchestra and if you are, were you, which trumpet part were you playing? Were you close to him? Uh, no, I usually sit beside uh, John. Right, okay. But John was my, my trumpet teacher in yeah. YST. So, right. uh, every time playing with teacher, right, it's very scary because they know you upside down. Yeah. And yeah. you have to, you, and they trust you. Mm. So you don't want to like disappoint them. Yeah, for so sure. Your expectation is, your expectation for yourself is even higher. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that without this earlier orchestra experience, mm. your musical development would have headed into a different direction? Definitely. Yeah. How so hard has the, that helped you? Yeah. yeah. In the Singapore National Youth Orchestra, we usually cover a lot of pieces every year. So I learned a lot of, a lot of the major pieces like Brahms 1, Brahms 2, Brahms 3. Mm. All those are in, in, in the youth orchestra. Then still got Tchaikovsky, 1812 Overture, Shaharazad, all those big, like popular works, the Dukas Sorcerer's Apprentice are all, mm. all I learned it in the youth orchestra. And those contributed to me even wanting to learn more about the composer. Right. So yeah. 
Like we play Mahler 1. Okay, I want to know more about Mahler 2, Mahler 3. So it expands my vocabulary, my repertoire, and all thanks to SMYO. Mm. If without them, I will still be stuck with my, yeah. uh, inside my cave mm. or my well. Definitely. Yeah. I think the, the whole perspective of music will be definitely narrower. Yes. And, and you, know, you, know, you know, they play a, a, when I was there, right? They play a very avant-garde piece, Pure Boulez. Oh, okay. Like, like, like the whole orchestra has to be split into like seven different groups mm. and just play at co-currently or out of sync. Yeah. Like, like when, when the conductor point number one, then those who have number one play, point mm. number two, number two play. Yeah. Those those are very, very great mem- memories for me. Like mm. Robert Custer, he, he did all these, all these avant-garde pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So it developed my taste about these pieces. Although I can't say I really love them, but... At least I don't hate them. Yeah. But, and you've performed them before. So that's yeah, an experience, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I would say that usually when it comes to this type of music, it's always fun to play. Maybe mm. not so fun for, for the audience if they are not into this particular style of music. But as a performer, it's mm. quite interesting, right? Because it's I something you, that... Then we did the Circus Maxima. Yeah. Or, or Red Line Tango with Feel You. Yeah. A Few Wins. Few All these yeah. are also very memorable concerts. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I want to bring you back to a particular concert and I think this is probably quite significant. I was in the audience for this concert, which is the one that you played, the Haydn Trumpet Concerto. Uh, 2008, yes. March. I said 27 of March, 2008. There you go. Yeah. So, um, of course, being in the audience, I was absolutely blown away. And oh, you were there? Yeah, I was there. I was there. Of course, but it's a trumpet concerto, right? For were one, you, were you long with your long hair? Or? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Of course, it's <laughs> long hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and that was like the the first time I I heard you properly live, not mm. in an orchestra setting, but you know, up front, exposed as a soloist, and what what a treat, what a treat, and. Hope you like it. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, <laughs> tell tell me about tell me more about this opportunity. Tell me more about this performance and what was it like leading up to the performance? You know, okay. were, yeah, pressure was there. Was it interesting? Was it fun for you? What's like, the pressure, la. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah. Uh, so the Singapore National Youth Orchestra they wanted a Haydn trumpet concerto specifically because they haven't been doing that for a long time, so they they had an audition. So a couple of us went for audition. So they, they picked me at the end. So Mr. Lim Sun Lee picked me. Mm. But the conductor for that concert is a Thai Thai guy. He's a protege of uh Mazel. Okay. Protege of uh Laurie Mazel. So he came to conduct. So the audition was in December. The concert was in March. So I have three months to really like focus on getting better. And at that time I was 18 years old, so I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just just keep playing to the recording and I try a different different kind of trumpets because Haydn trumpet concerto usually we play in uh trumpet in, in E flat. Okay, mm. trumpet E flat. So I was trying a couple of bunch of E flats and finally we pick up E flat. So with the help of my first trumpet teacher, Mr. Tay Junyap. So I I borrowed his trumpet and he helped me with the preparation for all this. So it was very stressful because uh Okay, because first I was a trumpet player, trumpet soloist. All the <laughs> youth orchestra people are mostly string, strings, so mm. they, they wouldn't look up to me or whatever. So I need to prove myself that I can play musical musically. You're right. As well as them. Okay. So there's a lot of things that I need to prove. 
Yeah. But, but, uh, but one, one, yeah. one moment, uh, maybe you, you're about to go to that, but do you think that this was like self-imposed? I, I think mostly it's self-imposed, but then right. I kind of like have a crush on this girl. <laughs> right. So she, she was dressed, she was first violin, obviously she was, I guess, first chair or second chair. So she was very close to me. So, mm. so I trying to impress her. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so I needed to play properly. But looking back at the recording, because I still have the CD, mm. uh, listening to the recording, wow, I only cracked one note leh, for the whole trumpet concerto. Yeah. If now I were to play right, maybe I would crack three or four or five notes. Leh. Right. Yeah. Uh, just that last time my son wasn't that developed. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And my grandmother also went for that concert. My grandmother only went for one classical concert and that right. was the, the classical concert she ever went. Right. There you go. <laughs> and and I think if I could say one thing about your, your playing is that it has been so incredibly consistent. <laughs> but we're gonna go to that in, in a little bit. But you yeah. hold yourself to an extremely high standard. Right, so yeah, ninety nine percent is not hundred percent, right? But of yep. course, we, we're going to talk about some of the impacts of having such a mentality. Um, mm. but uh, it's sometimes not healthy. Yeah, yeah later yeah. we'll talk about that. Yeah. yeah, at what point in your development? Of course, now you say you are eighteen, right? So this was already past your secondary school, and you were probably towards the end of your uh, junior Big college. Yeah, right. At what point? Did you say to yourself, maybe I want to be, become a professional musician? Maybe music is uh, a career that I want to pursue. Was it very clear to you? Do you flip, yep. flop around between like your the choices and, and your career choices and things like that? Hmm. So actually, the first time I heard the Singapore Symphony Orchestra, that was a very strong indication that I wanted to be with the Singapore Symphony Orchestra. I wanted to be a professional musician. So hmm. I have always been like, sticking with that idea of becoming a professional musician when I was seven years old. But along the way, sometimes like we sometimes I feel like, oh maybe I cannot make it. Like this world is so so full of great musicians and I'm not playing well. Yeah, all those stuff, all those negativity that comes into your mind. Right. I, I'm sure everyone will have that. Mm, self-doubt but, and things. Yeah, self-doubt. Yeah. But yeah. you just need to pull through. You know yourself. You know what really makes you want to live your life. Mm. Like what you want. So when I was seventeen years old, I wrote a name card. So I read. I, I like to read all the motivation books, like like, like Anthony Robbins, right? All, all those. Yeah. I like to read. Mm. So so he said one of his chapter is just write a name card of what you want to be ten years later. So I wrote myself Lauren Wrong Trumpet SSO two thousand seventeen because two thousand seven I wrote. So two thousand seventeen is will be the day. So mm. I got it. I got the job when I was two thousand sixteen. There you go. One yeah. year ahead, right? One year uh, one ahead. One year ahead. Yeah. 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 So fantastic. So always think of ways to to like not suppress the doubt, but uh think of ways to empower your mind. Mm. Okay. It, it, it's it's more about going on this journey to get to where you want to be, right? Rather yeah. than yeah, of course this journey is gonna be tough because we, we we when it comes to mastery of anything, we know that once we get to a high enough level, it's high. But it's not high enough to be not good enough. Yeah, just you're probably just like maybe three percent or two percent away from like you know yeah. getting the job or uh making a big break. But that particular one to two percent can sometimes be extremely difficult to achieve. Yeah. Right. And that that is where all the questions will start to come in. And, yeah. And, things and like I told that. myself if yeah. after I graduate from YSD, if after three years I don't get my dream job, I will quit. Okay. 
So oh, that, oh, that, was, that was me. So yeah. uh, that was me. So I wanted, so while I was in YST, I really like chung. Mm. Right. I, I, I will wake up in the morning like 5 o'clock. I will take the first train, 5.15 hour ish. You know, first train, a lot of uncle, auntie or not? Right. They are all going, going to work, right? Yeah. yeah. First train is like super packed, you know. Right. It's not yeah. like no, no seat. It is, it's not like empty seats. Eh. Okay. Yeah. So I always take the first train. I reach school by 7 o'clock because I stay Bedok, so to Clementi, one hour plus. Mm. And so, you, you didn't want to stay in the, the PGP? I didn't want to stay in the campus because I will right. feel lethargic. I will feel lazy. Mm. Okay. Because I, I need I need something to bring me to school. I need I I, I just need to feel like I'm, I'm not staying in school. Right. Okay. So, so I, I reach school at 7 o'clock. So 7 to 9, right? Mm. I practice, I warm up because 9 o'clock usually is the first class. So right. 9 o'clock to about 10, uh, to about 11. Then I went to have my lunch, then come back, two hour sessions, then lesson again, then two hours. So some days we have six hours or seven hours or eight hours of practicing. Mm. But I usually break it up into two hours each. Yeah. yeah. So what, what do you, like, you know, of course nowadays there are students who say, uh, for example, you know, we shouldn't really be playing more than four hours a day, you know, we should limit our, our practice time. And you well, yourself, yeah. Yeah. To, to a certain extent, there's some truth in that. But yeah. uh, obviously, there is also another way of thinking about it, which is like you, you practice until you finish what you need to do. Yes. You need, because for us, right, we have NS. So I need to catch up. Right. I need to do a catch up game. I need to like, because in NS, although I was in a band, but uh, I don't know what I was doing. I don't know what I was playing. Right. All my technique was wrong. Everything was wrong. Here was wrong. That was wrong. Okay. <laughs> so I need to fix a lot of things. Right. Yeah. So during your uh, university time, was that like truly your mindset that like right now you feel like against a global level, you yes. are behind. Therefore, you behind. Th therefore, you have to double down. Therefore, you have to work harder to, yes. to match up or accelerate yeah. your, your development in a way. Yeah. And the, the way to know it, right, is to watch YouTube. Mm. There's okay. a lot of like great young trumpet players who are winning jobs okay. in the States. Mm. Go and listen to them. Right. Maybe they have YouTube channel or they have like YouTube videos. Go and listen to them and compare that yourself. Mm. Yeah. And one of the CD that helps a lot is the Phil Smith Orchestra Azerb CD. Mm. Yeah. That one, that one, if you can sound as good as him, you no problem. <laughs> <laughs> you are there already. Yeah, you, you walk into any orchestras, right? You probably have, a, yeah. th there'll be a place for you. Yeah. yeah. So it, it takes a lot of hard work. Hard, mm. hard work. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, of course, like we have already kind of covered this as we went along the conversation, that is you hold yourself to extremely high standard. Like I said, at a point in your life, you were uh, a very uh, hardcore <laughs> perfectionist, right? So, yeah. Uh, I remember coming off concerts and you will be you'll be telling uh, our friends that hey you know just now I missed two notes or just now I missed like three notes you know it's like okay the usual concert right, I usually miss ten notes la. right okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> what I consider miss right mm. is the note is not clean yeah it's not in tune mm. or I crack it up yeah these three are considered miss. Correct. So, uh, slightly off center is also where, where you, yeah, exactly. So the the target board is is in a way very specific, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, how how did you develop this mentality? Was was there someone inculcating this to you that we are striving for this level of excellence or perfectionism or whatever you you would like to call it, and 
yeah so maybe you can we can we can start there I think okay. I think it, it boils down to our education system, lah. Okay. <laughs> when we're having exams, all those stuff, we want to make sure we are like top, right? Right. Mm. So there's always like calculation of oh, uh, what did I do wrong? So like double checking your exam paper many times. So maybe this miss or not miss, right? Maybe it's like a sort of like OCD symptoms. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, so OCD because you have to double check. Okay. So I I don't know why I'm talking whether it's right or not, but mm. I developed this through stress i guess i need to justify that i'm i'm good enough okay so there's a lot of self-imposed like pressure you put on yourself like in a way yeah. would you say that yeah. okay yeah. but now thinking back right actually it's not very healthy to count your mistakes mm. you should just let it go yeah no matter what yeah mm. uh, but that there's this thing right but you seems to cope really well with it Right, that is like you, you can you are able to steer the the vehicle, the vehicle that is the trumpet in in this case to yep. to do what you want it to do or do what is required. Because of course, you know, as brass players, we would all wish that we are super precise. We can do uh, things and execute what we need to do to a very high level or to a, a very accurate level. But with this additional pressure, it seems like it didn't quite face you because sometimes it's easy easy to be toppled over by these thoughts, right? Mm. That you I like are, to fight. Yeah. I like, like to fight. Yeah. Mm. Uh, because trumpet, right, is not a very uh, easy instrument. So mm. it, it's very temperamental. Temperamental. Right. Temperamental. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it, it's, yeah. so you really have to like be very like ego when you are performing. Mm. That, that, not there needs to be a level of self-confidence, right? Yes, self-confidence. You need to control it. Mm. Uh especially during stressful situation. Mm. You know. So sometimes I will do some meditation before I go on stage. Okay. Right. It helps a lot and I will visualize. I visualize a lot. Okay. And this is positive visualization, of course. Yes. I resume. Yes. Right. Positive visualization. Yeah. Okay. All these are uh, spoken heavily on Anthony Robbins' book. Mm. Yeah. Okay. You know, when I was young, right, very strange. Every time I go popular, right, mm. I always take out all these self-motivation books and read. Okay. My parents also find it very strange. Right? Because right. other people will read like their Harry Potter or the fictionist mm. fiction book. But, but I just go go and do some... I like to help myself. I like to improve as a person. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There you go. But mm. all these books are very helpful. Mm. Yeah. Mm. How much of this mindset, as much as, of course, uh, going to the extreme end, like you said, mm. can have some negative implications. But mm. how much of this uh, strive for excellence and I, I want to go away from the, the term uh, perfection now, right? So we talk about this, like setting a really high bar or what you define as excellence. And how has this contributed to your successes, say in competitions or in auditions? Do you think that it played a huge role in, you know, securing yourself a, a full scholarship at the Juilliard School, uh, getting in, uh, winning prizes in competitions and, and things like that? Mm. When you strive for excellence, right? People know it. You are, you are producing good results. You are producing a good product. And once people know it, they also know your character. Mm. So it means like this guy is very disciplined. Like he's not like, oh, to gong jian liao. What is to gong jian liao in English? Uh? Cutting corners. Uh. Uh, cutting corners. Yeah. So everything, the product is good. So mm. once the product is good, people believe in you also. Right. So a lot mm. of opportunities will come along the way. Mm. Okay. So at, at the end of the day, what are we selling? We are selling tone, music, mm. right? If you can touch people's heart with excellence, uh, with your product, then mm. you'll be you e easier to be successful, easier to convince people. 
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So we are we are a story a st- storyteller also. Mm-hmm. Yes. De- definitely. Definitely. Mm. Now let's talk about auditions, right? So of course oh, audition. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> actually I don't know anything about audition. I only took one professional audition in my whole life. Right. And but you know, okay, maybe let's say audition slash high pressure, high pressure situations or high pressure environments, right? Yep. Or maybe in the Juliet school, mm. because you know the obviously it's a it's a very well known conservatory that generates a lot of uh, professional musicians that go on to have good orchestral careers. So maybe inside your studio, you can also share with us a little bit about what you have observed about other classmates that have been successful in their audition journey. So if you could break it down to maybe a, a few factors that contribute to a successful audition, what do you think that would be? Successful audition. Okay. Play in tune, play in time, play with a good sound. That's okay. all. Right. And of course, like saying that is, it's, it's easier said than done, right? Yes. So you need to micromanage everything. Mm. Yeah. And so, can you elaborate that a little bit more? Like what do you mean? How to yeah. play in tune. So practice with a drone, sing it out, record yourself. Your ear will tell you whether it's like, flat or sharp the interval most people right when they listen right they listen after they play mm. no you should listen before you play you should like sing in your head very loud how the interval should sound like so micromanage so you when you practice that time right even two notes interval you need to sing you need to, you need to divide you need to like like operation right you need to practice until you know where is the two notes mm. like pom 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 these yeah. three notes well wow, has to be super in tune right yeah then for time, you need to subdivide. You need to make it precise. Sometimes, right, you subdivide and you play precisely, but it still feels wrong. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And and do you know what, what 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 does that mean when you it's accurate but it's wrong, right? The style. Okay. The style. Right. Sometimes where you emphasize the bit. Mm. Like 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 the push tries. You cannot play ta 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 ta. You have to have some flow towards the the downbeat. Right. Because the ballerina is dancing. Mm. So that is time. So play in tune, play in time, and play with a good sound. So good sound, sound is very subjective. Mm. Right? Sound is very subjective, but intonation and time is not subjective. Okay. So that one you can work on. Then Tone, you just your sound. You just need to pray that you have the best sound. That that you your sound is attractive and expensive. Your sound will be expensive. Mm, okay. Cannot be sound cheap sound. <laughs> like you are going to a Michelin star restaurant, right? Yep. Three star, four star. Mm. The food has to be good. Yeah, has to appeal to you. Has to have some backdrop, back story or whatever. Yeah, so sound is very subjective. But if you can sound like all, a lot of great players, then your sound shouldn't be a problem. Mm. Mm. But when you sound like a great player but you still need to infuse your own identity. Yeah. That is difficult. Yeah. Don't lose your identity. Mm. Yeah. When I was young, a lot of people say my sound is terrible, too bright, too raw. Right. Yeah. So I trying to change that also. Okay. But now I can have raw sound. I also can have beautiful sound. Right. So, so you just learn the, the other spectrum mm. of your, your sound quality. So if you think your sound is too beautiful, okay, learn the other spectrum. <laughs> how to make it raw, how to make okay. it edgy yeah. and a, edgy. a bit more so bite yeah. you, you have a full spectrum mm. of colors to work on yeah. with your sound yeah mm. so don't always play with a beautiful sound some music requires you to play with some rawness and some crude mm. yeah yeah 
And I don't know if you agree with, uh, with this or not, but I just want to pick a brain on this. Do you think that the importance of articulation is often overlooked when a, a student or a aspiring professional is preparing for an audition? Mm. Actually, in audition, right, the articulation that you use are, and in the actual job when you play, right, mm. very different. Okay. Because in audition, right, there's no one in front of you. Yeah. In, in a professional, like, concert, there's so many people in front of you, like strings, mm. woodwinds. So definitely in professional performance, you have to really play very, very pointy, very crispy and out. Mm. But in audition, you cannot do that. People okay. will find it too, too much. Too tacky. Okay. Yeah, too, 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 too much. Right. So it really depends on the hall where you audition. Mm. So you need to really know, you need to be flexible to change it at the spot. Mm. Because they don't let you practice in that hall. Yeah. So you need to like really, so it's all flexibility also. Mm -hmm. As in, you're you're flexible to change your articulation. Being able to imagine what is on the opposite end of the bell. Yes, if you try the first articulation and you find it too packy, okay, you change. Okay. The the whole set. So that's why it's very important to have different kind of articulation. Mm. All spectrum of different articulation. Loud, soft also. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah, and now let's go towards your your master's years, right? Your your time in New York and oh, in, New York. in Juilliard, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, talk about what are some of the technical developments and mental developments you had towards trumpet playing during your time there. Okay, but first of all, I would like to say, uh, I would like to thank Juliet for the wonderful scholarship and all the opportunities that they gave me and the wonderful teacher that I met there. Uh, Mr. Remes mm. and Mr. Mark Gu. They really changed my perspective. Not so much perspective, but they changed what music means. Mm. Yeah. So, it's, it's, uh, music is a form of life. Right. It's not just a hobby or whatever. Okay. So, but I, I will be honest with you. When I was in Julia, I was mostly homesick. Mm. So, I miss home. Okay. okay. So, I didn't really like open up a lot. Yeah, okay. I didn't really open up myself a lot because I was always homesick. Okay, open up in a sense of like hanging out with other students People, yeah. and going, going out. out. Okay, yeah. right. So I, I, I'm mostly in my dorm and in school. That's all. Okay, so I you do your practice and then you go back. Yeah. You do your practice and you go back. Yeah, so okay. that's, that's why I miss, miss out. I should have gone more for more concerts. Mm. But I, actually, I went to a couple of concerts because my roommate, right, He's very crazy into concert. Right. So he always dragged me. He's a French horn player. He's a child prodigy. Okay. So he always dragged me, hey, let's go to Carnegie Hall. So we will go to Carnegie Hall. Although you don't have a ticket, right? We'll wait for the uh the interval where people want to leave. After the first interval, usually old people, <laughs> they only mm. want to listen to the solo. So after that, they will leave. So he say, hey, can I have your ticket start, please? Then they, they'll give us. And okay. Just walk, walk right. And, and, and they're okay with that. Yeah, they're okay with that. Right. Well, sometimes they have very good seats. Mm. So I, I watched Mahler 5 by Konsega Bau over there. I watched like Berlin Concert House, uh, Bruckner Symphony 1 to 7 over there. Mm. So I, I watched quite a number of concerts. Uh, I, I watched more than New York Field concerts. Okay. Yeah. But my favorite orchestra there is the Met Opera Orchestra. Mm. I like to watch opera. I don't know why. I just like to watch opera. I right. watched Shalomi. I watched Aida. I watched uh, a lot of different operas. Mm. Uh, I love operas now. Right. And of, that. Yeah, yeah, and of course, it's it's really sad that they had to close for one season because of yeah. the whole COVID, COVID breakout yeah. in, in the country, right? Yeah. So, I, I, I think... To subscribe to their, their online. 
Yeah. So just, just to help them a bit. Mm. And I think mm. that they're probably coming back on again in about a month's time if all is going to plan. Mm, I'm not too right. sure about that, but hope for hope for good news. Yeah. 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 And yeah, so in Juliet, uh I learned a lot from these two grandfather. Mm. <laughs> they take good care of me, really. Right. They really take good care of me. So were, I, I owe them a lot. Right. Were, were they aware about your, your feeling towards like feeling homesick and things like that? Yeah, they, they were aware of that. Okay. Yeah. And because while I was in Juliet, I had to take a semester off to come back to Singapore mm. to, to start with the Singapore Symphony Orchestra for one semester. So while that semester, I won the Singapore Symphony Orchestra job. Mm. And SSO gave me one year off to complete my master's. Right. I, need, I needed one and a half years. So Juliet, oh. Juliet reduced that into one year. Okay. Because of my teacher, because of uh my teacher recommended. Right. He has a voice inside. He has a voice. He's quite well he's respected, right? Yeah. yeah, he's well respected. He's head of brass. Mm. So I just need to complete one year, and the next semester I just need to come back for two weeks. Okay. So I I can I can come back and just do my final, final jury. Mm. Yeah. Right. So they helped me a lot. Mm. Yeah. Some teacher will just once they have this, they say, "Oh, I don't want to help you or something." But they are really genuinely like, uh, want me to do my best. Yeah. They say teachers should be there for children, uh, for student, mm. not the other way around. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, they wouldn't have taken you in in the first place, right? If they haven't yeah. seen something in you. <laughs> yeah. Do you know my audition story? Come on. <laughs> Okay, yeah. so 2015 February, mm. that was my audition day. It was a Wednesday evening, about 5.30pm. So it was raining very, very, very heavily. So I went to my audition. I didn't really play perfectly or whatever. So after I left, I looked at the school and said, Goodbye, Julia. Don't have to see you forever. Then I went home. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you did that one audition at yeah. Julia. And that yeah. was it. Okay. Yeah, that was it. So after that, I went. Uh, as in, uh, in New York, I did two auditions. Mm. Yeah, so that was it. So I I didn't expect to like see the school for another two years. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I, life is very surprising, lah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. And now, of course, you have uh, you have shown quite quite a bit of gratitude towards uh, many people that has played a part in molding your career. Yeah, and I, I haven't seen uh the most important person. Yeah, of course. Let let me let me yeah go ahead. And I, th- I think I know who it is. <laughs> yeah. The most important person that I would like to thank is Mr. John Dante, uh, artist faculty at the Yongsuto Conservatory of Music. He has helped me tremendously. So he was my trumpet teacher when I was in year four. So final year already. Mm. So he was the one who prepared me for the Juliet audition. Right. Yeah. And my senior reciter. Mm. So he's someone who really believed in his students. Okay. And he believed in me and he, he know that I can do much more and he really pushed me a lot. Mm. Like he's not he, although he may be straightforward, always encourages you. He he wants you to do well. So I always get the feeling that he wants me to do well and he wants me to to fly. So he's the one who really mm. helped me a lot. Without him, I, I I wouldn't believe in myself. If if you can go down this uh, list of mentors that you have had in your life, be able to share some key takeaways you got from from each of them. And it could be trumpet related. It could be like your personal development. It could be by the way that they behave during your interaction. It might be certain things that they say. So not it might not be 100% pertaining to music, right? But what sort of impact have they had on you? 
Okay, most of my mentors, they believe. They believe in the student. They believe in themselves. They believe that music has the ability to change the world. Music is, uh, has an impact in this humanity. Mm. Okay, so and they work for it. Nothing is free. Okay. Nothing comes easy. Mm. So if you have an idea, you have to work for it. Yeah. They focus a lot on fundamentals. Fundamentals is the way to go. Uh, without fundamental, you can't really climb that high. So most of my time, even now, right, I spend a lot of time on fundamental. Mm. The building blocks yeah. of the playing, right? Yeah, the building block of, of yeah everything. Yeah. And to micromanage. Mm. Like when you audition, like the, right. the stuff in, that in I talked about just now. In a healthy way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Healthy way, mm. yes. Yeah. But then in concert, don't analyze yeah. too much. Just play. Mm. Just flow. Yeah. Just have a voice mm. and just sing. Yeah. Do, do, mm. now, actually, I'm a very okay. introverted yeah. person. <laughs> Trumpet helps me to be right. more, more, more expressive, right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, do you, expressive. speaking of this sort of like staying in the moment thing, like when you're in performance mode, yep. what we have to do is to just focus on the present and the delivery of the now and not think about what's going to mm. happen and not think about what has already happened. Mm. But I personally find it extremely yes. challenging. My mind when I'm performing, it floats yeah. all over the place and I have to try try my best to bring yes. it back, right? Meditation before going up is really important. Yeah, it's, it, it, really mm. helps. it really helps a lot. Actually, uh, no one taught me. I just observed okay. what Mr. Han did right. before you go on. Yeah. Yeah, so he will he will breathe, he will just mm. move his leg, one leg up, one leg down. But meditation is very important. And when before you start a difficult solo or mm. a solo per se, you should take a magic breath first to let go of all the, the bad air. So okay, then you focus and start. Mm. And your your view right shouldn't be more than your score. Okay. If you're nervous. So just focus on the view mm. of your score or iPad don't look around because sometimes when you are nervous your eyes will wander around that you are not grounded you are yeah, not focused just, yeah, on anything absolutely yeah yes. so you need to really mm. find a target and focus cool yeah if you don't target at the score you just target at one audience right. or just look at one audience and just okay. send your music up to him and just try to express yeah. to him or to right. her maybe yeah. for us to yeah. her so just that one focal point to, to make us right yes one okay. focal point mm. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah. And yeah, we'll be more than, mm. I'll be more than happy to hear, hear more about this. Yeah. And this I can yep. show you, it helps me a lot. Mm, yeah. Mm. Now maybe to a, a more kind of nuanced and, and complicated questions, uh, uh, a complicated question and feel free to take this whichever direction you feel okay. like you want to take it. And that mm. is now that you are uh, obviously part of the SSO and mm. You are of a Singaporean. On top of that, you're Singaporean and SSO. Uh, of course, we're all very proud of you, and I think you are a, a great uh, representative for us as uh, Singaporean musicians to be to be in orchestra. Uh, do you feel additional or in some ways unrealistic expectation that is put onto you by other people for you to contribute to the music scene in whatever whatever way you can? Yeah, initially I feel a bit pressure because SSO is such a high standard orchestra and I, I don't think I'm ready at that point I, we are never ready you, right. you know <laughs> we are mm. never ready so try to be as good as I can I try to prepare as like sufficient as I can mm. and try to contribute positively into the orchestra uh, sometimes I also feel added pressure from other people because I'm the 
one of the Singaporean inside SSO. Yeah. And one of the brass player in recent time to get into SSO. Mm. So sometimes I can uh I can feel that pressure like people bad mouthing me or whatever or okay, stuff. Right. But I try not to listen to I try not to focus too much on that and mm. try to enjoy my ride with the SSO. Right. I really, really love playing with John Dante. Right. It's very inspiring and it's very mm. easy to play. Okay. So I just focus on that and do my job mm. and uh hang out with friends who I like to hang out with. Right. And what yeah. what about like of course this is pertaining towards the, the orchestra side of things. Are there mm. pressure from people or groups out of we don't have to name them of course but mm. have you experienced people saying things to you like oh now that you are in, in SSO you know you, you need to do more you need to uh, be uh, doing this you need to help out here you need to uh, teach here you need to do all these things are, are, are there mm. things like that do people actually, speak actually, to you like actually no, la. no no one asked me to do all this stuff I just mm. wanted to do more right I like to teach I like to help the next generation yeah, in any ways I can. Mm. Yeah, to bring to give back to the society, mm. that helped me a lot. Right. Mm. And so my, I, I like to play in community groups also. Mm. Yeah, I like to like contribute back to where I came from, like few wins. Exactly. So I like to give back to the community. I like to play Brother Heights also. Mm. Yeah. SNYO. Sometimes I still go back SNYO and play mm. as guests or something. Yeah. Yeah, I like to contribute back mm. Mm. Because life is very boring Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah but of course at times also time is limited yeah right so you try to manage it exactly uh. you you can only have that amount of uh, free time for you to dedicate to, to this amount yeah. of things and yeah. sometimes yeah, it means to maybe ha- having to say no to, to certain things purely because schedule doesn't allow yes. Yeah. yes true yeah. yeah yeah like you said right so um, I, I play with you in <laughs> wind band I've played with you in also, which, was our, which was our first concert? Uh? I can't remember how we really met. Okay, my first interaction, with, I think it was our trip to Taiwan. Oh, 2011. Yes. I think, uh, it, I think it started. Tai-i. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, so that band conference. Memory there. Oh yeah, fantastic, right? Yeah. So, the recording is on Spotify, you know? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. The whole the whole few wins recording for the Tia 2011 conference is on Spotify. I recently just right. listened to it. Right, okay. Yeah, the Harvest, the Trombone Concerto. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I really love it. Yeah. yeah, super soloist, right? Koichiro. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm. Yeah, so I think it, it was that. And then uh, 2012, we were part of the same group, uh, Orchestra Collective. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, right? I love I love playing with Orchestra Collective. I really yeah. miss playing with that, that bunch of people. Right. It makes like band music like orchestra sound. Right. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> yeah, I think it's just fun, you know, playing with friends and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, in recent times, also sitting in sort of the, the additional plus one of the trumpet section for, for Valkyrie. That was also oh, yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah. It was on you. It is uh, on YouTube. Yeah. Please go and listen to it. it yeah. Uh, the the second act, me and Vincent, we have a solo together. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and th- uh, thanks for you for for carrying uh, most thanks. of it. Right. No. Thanks <laughs> for your 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 bass trumpet. You know, bass trumpet is like so different, right? Oh, so difficult to play. Yeah. Uh, really, really different from euphonium. So so different. But uh, it, it was it was fun. It was fun. And then yeah. yeah so yeah. If not, maybe probably. As planned, we are yep. in the midst of maybe preparing for Rango now. But of course, uh, yeah, uh, all, all the COVID stuff, right? We uh, have a Rango tree trumpet this time. 
right? Roll three trumpets. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, we can all have a, a section of roll three trumpets. No. Yeah, roll three trumpets. Beautiful. Yeah. So uh, apart from this kind of projects and all the teaching engagements that you have been doing, are there any other projects or interests that you like to pursue? Both could be related to music, could be not related to music. Anything that you might, yeah, you have an interest in that you want to investigate or you are kind of investigating now? Actually, right, I've been thinking of this like project for like four or five years already, but I haven't had the time. Actually, I have the time, but I'm too lazy. The, the energy, right? Yeah, the yeah. energy and the, the focus that I need. Mm. I wanted to like create a, a CD, a trumpet, trumpet and piano CD. Okay. Uh, that, is, that has always been my dream list because uh, I have a couple of pieces that I want to record mm. uh, then, uh, right. that will also push me to my max yeah there you go uh, so maybe maybe within this one or two years maybe this will come true maybe there, not uh, there you go right so now this is this is the interview right that is going to keep you accountable right yeah. so what one year this is the, the 10th of August two today. Years, yeah, two, two years. <laughs> I'm going to play this back. Hey, we're wrong. You remember this? Yeah, and we're just going to play it to you. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I think it'll be great. I think it will be a, a wonderful project. And, you know, okay, we, other, we, we can't, yeah. can't wait to, to support something like that. Mm. Yeah, yes. Some please. random stuff. So sometimes when I dream, right? Mm. I dream having lessons with a lot of great trumpet players. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully one day I can get to have a real lesson with these players. Okay. Uh, yeah. do, can, can we give, can we have some names or is it, do you want to keep uh, it close Ron, to yourself? Ron, Ron Ho Frederick. Okay. Uh, Hokan Hari Berger. Yeah. Uh, Hans Gansh. Okay. Yeah, sometimes and Matthias Hoff. Right. So I had lesson with them in my dream, but not in real life. Okay. <laughs> so maybe one day, maybe I would have lesson with them in real life. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Something random. La. Right. <laughs> you're, you're, you're vaccinated. You're ready to go. Right, so the yeah. the moment that the gate open and you know Whoa. if it's not busy, <laughs> yeah, and and what is nice is they're all within that same sort of region, region right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I and heard so many great stuff about them teaching from their students. They are mm. teaching from their students. Yeah, yeah, amazing. We are about to to wrap this interview up, but before we we go off, you know, what is one advice, uh, a statement, or ethos, or guiding principle? that you would like to share with perhaps the listeners or the younger musicians or even uh, our peers who are trying to find our way or, you know, trying to create a career for ourselves. Okay. Uh, one of my teachers shared this with me. If you want it bad enough, you will find ways to get it. Mm. So that is what I truly believe in. You, all the answer is inside you. Right. You just need to uh, filter <laughs> filter it, all those stuff. Mm. And if you want it bad enough, yeah. The the most important key here is bad enough. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that is what, what I have to say. Absolutely. Beautiful. So I think with that, it is a good time for us to wrap this conversation up. And thank you so much for spending your time and taking time out to speak with me when wrong. My pleasure, Vincent. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's really it's a really fun conversation and, and thank you for, for all your sharing, uh, sharing your knowledge, your expertise with the listeners and myself. And mm. like I want to just say again that I think many of us are extremely proud of you and what you have achieved today. And you, that you. and and you being one of the I'm just lucky lah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, we are also lucky to have you as one of the representatives of Singapore in the Singapore Symphony Orchestra. 
Mm, Thank you, Vincent. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. So for all of you listening, thank you for staying with us throughout this episode. And most importantly, thank you for your attention. It is very much appreciated. And with that, we will sign off on this episode of You Play A What. You have been listening to You Play A What, hosted by Vincent Tan. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button so that you'll be notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends if you feel so inclined. The theme music for the podcast is entitled Midnight Affairs and is composed by Algirdas Matonis and recorded by Vincent Tan. Thank you so much for listening to You Play or What? Until next time. Thank you.